We are delighted that you're joining us for another podcast of Wake Up Align, and it is the podcast for chiropractors, where we get to talk about chiropractic, chiropractic lifestyle, and topics of interest. You can contact us through our email, and that is mailbag at amcfamily.com. All right, let's get started with a uh, brand new episode to your uh, Wake Up Align podcast. Uh, I'm Tom Owen. Uh, If you don't know, I'm president of a little group called AMC, or commonly known as Aligned. And uh, today I've got the good fortune, the blessing to have my friend, the one and only Dr. Greg Miller in the in the studio with me. Dr. Greg, say hello to everybody. Hello and good morning. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, you're assuming that everybody's listening to this in the morning. Well, that's but true. It's good morning to me and you it, it anyway. It is good morning to us. And we're off true. to a good start to a new week. You know, gosh, Dr. Greg, we, we just finished up here recently uh, our annual within AMC. I know this is just a general podcast of the chiropractic profession, but inside of Aligned, we finished up our annual, what we call Blue Code or our management and our mentors and that that whole team was in Jacksonville, Florida with us. And uh, just, it's just amazing to me. I've been doing this for what, as you know, uh, almost 30 years inside of AMC. I've been working with clinics and management of that aspect for, gosh, I'm getting so old. I'm up. I'm pushing the forty point on that. But I'm telling you, I've never seen a a vehicle, a a movement. That's a better word for it. Like what's happening inside of this company, AMC. I mean, the the reports that are coming in from the hundreds of clinics across the country. It's not like you know. You always have that eighty twenty rule. Mm, yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Anybody's got some tenure, you understand the 80-20 rule. You go to a group, 20% will always do 80% of the production, right? Right. Yep. Uh, that's really not happening inside of Aligned. It's it's across the board that there is just a, a, a very expansive growth in all areas, not just practices. Yep. Uh, there's really lives being changed. Um, so, it's, and it, I'm just going to interrupt it. We're seeing it not just with the brand new people that are just getting on board. We're seeing it with folks that have been around AMC aligned for a long time. And uh, I mean, we're about to celebrate that um, and, and have some some fun with that here. And uh, but, yeah, it's it, it's really fun to see. Yeah. You're talking about some uh, tenured uh, AMC members. I heard Dr. George Suley. Here's you a quick shout out. Uh, Dr. George Suley's. He's been around a minute, he has. Uh, but he, I think he just experienced his best year ever. I believe that's right. Yeah. I think I, I heard that right. down in Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, his, his mentor was reporting that. Uh, and so folks, if you, if you want a motto to live by in business, really in life in general, it's your decision. It's your attitude. And you either have to be, you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting. And as long as you have breath in your in your lungs, there is hope, and there's something new to strive for. So it's just exciting to see that with, you know, Dr. Suley. Uh, I know Dr. Brubaker uh, was just recently bragging on Dr. Marine work. Yes. Yeah. And uh, 
A lot of you, I don't know if you know her. She's very quiet. She doesn't like, she doesn't like the spotlight, but uh, she too, best year ever, I believe two years in a row. And this is somebody that is very well known, very established. She's probably one of the best Atlas orthogonal doctors, practitioners in the country. Uh, She sat on the board of Royce, Dr. Royce Sweat's Atlas Orthogonal Board for years. So to see that after all these years, there's still ways that you can work smarter, not harder, and be a lot more productive. So I had a a new, uh, one of the new docs that I'm working with went and spent part of a day with her. And we kind of, I know we have our certified training centers and she's actually in that category, but she was close to him, Dr. Glick. And uh, he he wanted to come and see an office, and and he went into Doctor Work's office, and just she just she just took really really good care of him as an encourager, just encouraging mm-hmm. a, a guy who's new and uh, new to the system and in a unique situation, feeling overwhelmed, and went in there and just really got a taste of what chiropractic is all about, and it's so important, so important that I'm seeing as a mentor. I'm seeing our doctors so distracted by things that shouldn't be distracting them. A great example of that, I've got a shout out this morning uh, with uh, uh, docs that I'm working with in Bixby, Oklahoma, uh, Dr. Blake and Ev, Evelyn uh, Smith. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been Wonderful working, people. Yeah, oh man, they're, they're great. They've got, uh, Liam is going to be a year old in April, their little guy. And uh, I, I can say this uh, because... I mean, they're very, very open about it. But when he came into the in, into their lives, it really distracted them from the practice, especially him. And uh, it's taken a minute for them to get the ship righted. He he has that in a text thread that I've got here. But there's a couple of things that I know that they're back on track. Number one, he sent me this text yesterday. They've had four R2s this week. And for those of you who don't know, that's our final report inside of Aligned where we make our treatment recommendations, but the, all four of those converted under care and uh, were painful. So uh, it, that tells me that the the pulse is right in that practice again. But then I got another text from him that tells me even more so because uh, they uh, they've been working hard to right the ship and they got a a referral who is a general surgeon with no knowledge of what chiropractic really is but he's suffering from tinnitus that all of his medical friends can't explain. And he landed in their office this week. That tells me things are back on track and an aid is opening itself up for that practice. So I'm really excited for them. Word's getting around Bixby. Yep, it's getting around Bixby. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you said something in those, in those, those the various shout outs there, the, the encouragement that's inside of Aligned. The heartbeat of a line. That's why it's called. After all these years, it's still called the AMC family. Yeah. Uh, and you'd mentioned Doctor Work. You know, she's not a certified training center, but she is what we commonly inside of AMC call an on fire, right? An on yep. fire uh, uh, clinic, and uh, they, which means they they're willing and they're opening up. And we've got a hundred. Yeah, uh, we got a lot. Let's just, let, I, I don't want to put a number yeah. to it. There's the a lot of yeah. offices yeah. and uh, it's just great to see that because there's a, you know, there's, there's an advantage to seeing the sermon in action rather than always hearing it. Mm-hmm. And you can only get so much in a classroom setting. You know, I said, I've always had a, co- uh, a saying that says uh, the, the brain can absorb 
as much as the butt can endure <laughs> in a classroom setting. And uh, you can, you know, you only typically retain 20% of what you hear, but you retain almost, you know, a high percentage of what you see. Yeah. So being able to go see that and the fact that like, but we have like folks like Dr. Work, but that's certainly not where I was headed in this episode. Uh, but <laughs> there is a lot of good stuff. And I guess that all started with reviewing the, the blue coat training down in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. It's not just what's happening there. It's what we got planned for 2024. Yeah, you know, the various programs so and the, uh, the resources that are being added, just impressive. Nobody can match that team, right? When you, when you get, you know, 40 people in a, in a room all moving in one direction and you got 40 different personalities, backgrounds, talents, giftings, and it's all in unity. Yeah. Uh, that's why I call it a movement. Well, one, one of the things that we discovered probably over the course of the last couple of years, I think this is the direction you were heading, is just the amount of material <clears throat> that was having to be shelved for, for, for a time because we just didn't have, um, you know, you talked about the brain can only absorb as much as the butt can endure. Well, that <clears throat> makes me think back in the day, we, we would come in on Saturdays Mm -hmm. And uh, you and Dr. Owen were teaching at that at that point in Christie, I guess, and we'd be there through Tuesday. Correct. Um, and and you know, so that that was some intense learning that was going on. And we were able to cover you were able to cover all of that material. Well, we've we've circled around to that and and come to realize that there's some really important fundamental headspace stuff that we just we just run out of time and. I think it's fair to say we're falling short in that regard. I mean, we're still seeing unbelievable production, but if we get some of that material back in front of our doctors, it's going to make a lot of difference. And I think that's where you were headed. Well, yeah, I wanted to, you know, basically cover some of the whys to the, because if you're an AMC member and if you're listening and if you're not, well, this will be news to you in case you are interested in finding out more about what we do. But what you're talking about is the fact that, the AMC system is not a manual of scripts. Mm -mm. You know, an AMC, it, it's, it's a thorough system of not just how to operate. It's almost like, you know, uh, it's almost like getting a franchise. It, it's an A to Z system of how to do everything under the roof of a chiropractic office. But then there's also the development stage that you can, you, you can absorb that information then you have to go home. You're a mentor. You know what I mean. You have to go home and execute, try to execute what you're learning. And then only after you, after you execute it and you experience it face-to-face -face with a patient and the interaction, there's a maturation process that takes time, right? You got to bake a cake over time. You take that cake out too early. Well, it's the same thing. You have to go home and, 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 and evolve, as you evolve through it, then you have these aha moments of, oh, that's what they're talking about when it, this, this, this. So the AMC system, absolutely, as you know, we, you know, we can transform practices inside of 90 days. It happens all the time, right? But if you're really going to master it, it takes you at least five years time. No. because there's so much what I wanted to cover some of today of you know, there's so many components just in the patient management. I mean, we could spend the next 15 to 20 episodes 
doing nothing but patient management and patient compliance because it's one of the weakest points of patient care in, in clinics. Uh, regardless of your philosophy, regardless of your technique, your background, patient compliance is one of the weakest components in all of chiropractic. Um, so we could unpack that. So anyway, back to we recently announced that our summits have for the last probably 10 years or so, Greg, we have turned into a two-day. And really, by the time people come in, they come in and then they start flying out, catching an early flight. We're, we're only getting a day and a half where you're talking about back in the day. Darn right. I mean, there was a reason my dad got the Iron Bladder Award, yeah, right? He, yeah. could, he could teach and he'd start at nine or 10 o'clock and he didn't, he started by the clock. I mean, I guess he'd start at nine o'clock and he'd start by the clock, but he'd finish whenever he got done. And I think you sat in some of those classes oh, where man. you were in there at seven thirty, eight o'clock. You're looking at your watch going, okay, well, we'll, 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 surely we'll be releasing here any minute. And all of a sudden the doors open the back and he had pizzas brought in yeah. and you teach till 10 o'clock and you did that four days in a row. Yeah, I remember. And my, you never, here's the thing. You'd, yeah. you'd go, and you'd come back a month, six weeks later and it would be different. Right, it wasn't always the same. There's so much content to teach, but for travel conveniences, we've whittled this thing down. So back to the, we have now added a Thursday afternoon, and I wanted to unpack some of that today. That's what I was wanting to head with because I know you have uh, been a, a, a component or a lead component of putting all that together. Yeah. And uh, so I want to unpack some patient compliance factors, yeah, give yeah, some people great. some golden nuggets to utilize this week from listening to your uh, podcast. So it's not all just fluff. We give you some meat, but I want the members to understand Thursday afternoon, summit start at one thirty Thursday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And you can know that the Thursday afternoon is going to be re the really deep, deep, patient management, patient compliance components that leads to retention and referrals, all right? Re retention and referrals le uh, it, uh, resides in compliance, all right? Now, you can't get to compliance if you don't have a strong foundation. So you still have to have your fundamentals and your foundational pieces in place, and you have to master them. But that's like building a skyscraper. I'm talking about when I get to the patient compliance stuff, I'm on, I'm, I'm on floor 10, mm -hmm. right? And if you have not laid a strong foundation for you and your staff and your system and the efficiency of how that practice is running, you're never going to get to floor 10. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I want to do today is like, let's dive into some of the stuff that they can look forward to on Thursday afternoon. So they start making that a priority. Yeah. So, the first thing I would say is when when Tom mentions the word patient compliance, you know, compliance can have a very strong connotation. Um, but ultimately, and, and I'm talking to the doctors right now, ultimately, somebody has to be in charge in the office. Somebody has to lead that office. And it's got to be the doctor wearing the white coat that's in control and leading. And, and so when we talk about patient compliance, that's really what we're talking about is guiding the patient so that they get the very best experience that they can in their office. 
I talk to so many doctors and have so many conversations where, um, and, and I think we've mentioned this before on, on a podcast, but it's so common for these new patient mills, I'll call them that, where all I need is new patients, doc. That's all I need. Well, that's a, that's a doctor that's waiting. It's just a matter of time before they burn out and fall out of love with their practice. The patient needs to experience everything that chiropractic has to offer. And that takes time and it takes compliance. And that, so that's really what we're talking about is how do we, how do we manage our patients through that, the, the crazy distractions that they can experience? Oh, gosh, we could go down a trail with that. Well, we're not going to do that because we want to talk specifics. But one of the things that I see in putting this class together and just with the, the many, many years that I've been around it is there are so many so many things with it that reside within the AMC protocols, I'll call it that, that are so subtle, but yet so incredibly powerful. And unfortunately, those are often the things that get tossed to the wayside. And I don't know that it's intentional. I mean, look, I've, I've coached a lot. I've mentored a lot of offices and I've, and I've, I've mentored a lot of docs that have come back to, to AMC, have, you know, thought that they had all, all figured out and left and then come back and what I very, very quickly figure out is it's those subtle things that get left behind. And so, I mean, there's so many examples of that. But what I thought we would talk about kind of in that realm of patient compliance today is I would love to hear, uh, I mean, because look, you're the one, you were the one back teaching in, in the day when this thing, when this thing was being built. And it's, it, it resides in your brain pan somewhere. And I would love to hear your thoughts on bringing a spouse to the report. I think that's something that gets, I, th I think our doctors, until they actually do that and make that a requirement for their patients, that I think there's an apprehension to that. I think they're afraid they're going to get a no, or the, they're afraid the patient won't come back at all when that's not, a, that's really not at all the scenario that, that we're in. But what I'd love to talk about is how do we do that? How do, how do we ask that question? And then what happens when they don't? What happens when the spouse doesn't come to the report? I know where you're going and I know what you're trying to dig out of me there. Okay. Because uh, you're talking about, you particularly mentioned the spouse to the report and what that would do. Well, it's a great um, example. It is a great example. But I think that there was a couple of things that you said in your, you know, what you, whatever you. My diatribe? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That wasn't the word that I was searching for, but okay, we're going there this morning. But you used, you, you started it right off as if it was just so natural to you. You didn't give it any second thought that, well, you're in your white coat. I did. You're right. I said, you know, yep. and as soon as somebody that's out there, you know, on the, out, that's an outlier going white coat. I'm never going to wear a white coat. So one part of compliance and authority that, or control of the practice starts in the setting. Yeah. How does it feel? You know, what each room should have a certain feel. We're all actors on the stage of life. You got to play the part, right? And I think before I even dive into components of actual interaction with the patient on compliance, which is the spouse, happy to come back to that. but. Let's unpack a little bit of the fact of the way the practice, the clinic looks and the way dress code is a component 
to patient compliance. And you have mentored a lot of people that have fought you on the stupid white coat. I've always been like, I don't care if I have, if I have always been of the opinion that as long as it's moral, legal, and ethical, I will do whatever it takes to get from point A to point B if it's getting somebody towards lifetime chiropractic care. If that means I have to wear a purple jacket, stand on my head and walk backwards at the street corner, and that's what it takes to get somebody from here to there, and that's what's best for them, I'm willing to do it. So by by even talking about a white coat being an issue within chiropractic, it really irritates me because you're making it about yourself. Yeah, that's exactly the problem. Yes. You're, you, who cares what you think? What does the patient think and what does the patient feel? And it gets, and if it creates a barrier or an authority and, uh, on their decision-making, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? So I wanted to, you know, I can get on my soapbox about it, but you've mentored a lot of people that have fought you on that. And then what happens just on dress code? Dress code, let's talk about dress code for a few minutes. Let's talk about a little bit of the setting of the office. What's it do for you being an actor on the stage of life? And then we'll get to the, I'll come back and I'll answer that spouse question that you were asking. Well, part of what we do when, when somebody joins and comes on board with the AMC family, Assuming they're a doctor in practice, they are bringing us a practice that they want us to help them overcome some sort of a stress point. Now, there's there's a whole nother podcast right there, stress point in the practice or overcome. I mean, that we should really do one on that. But there are certain key things that we look for. And one of the things that we do is called an office evaluation. And we're going to capture a video, which is so much easier than it used to be back in the day. I remember when I started coaching and we were trying to get videotapes and all this stuff mailed in so we could review them. Now they can they can do a series of videos with their phone, text it to me, and I've got it that same day. Uh, but there are key things that we are looking for to make sure that when the moment that patient walks into the office for the very first time, this is a brand new patient that's been thinking about coming to a chiropractor for well, what I've been always been taught is at least two years. They've been thinking about coming to a chiropractor. So they finally have made that decision and they step foot inside of a chiropractic office and the wall across the room from them greets them with nutrition, supplements, pillows, ice packs, and whatever other gadget that particular doctor might have to add to the to, to the patient's experience. And don't forget the TV playing in the corner. And the TV playing in the corner. Selling them something. Selling something. And or trying to educate them on something yeah we'll talk about that mm -hmm. patients don't want to be sold right right i mean i i've heard you you share that before and we have to create that culture in the office where they're experiencing something that's very different from what they expected it's healthy mm -hmm. it's a place that feels welcoming to them and and i dare say it needs to be something where they walk in and they go oh they, they grab their pocketbook like oh, this could be a little bit painful it's setting value it, it, it's setting the value it's beginning that process and oh my gosh it's so important some of those videos man i think back to the day dr brubaker and i have there's for for you amc family members there are there are videos that talk about that but dr brubaker and i had one one time and i don't know somewhere in the mid midwest with the tiki bar do you remember hearing about that one i remember the story yeah, yeah. i try to block it out <laughs> but that was so I would love for you to to kind of speak to that and and the importance of 
that that culture and them experiencing that. And and I guess that goes along with the white coat as well. Well, we said it. We used the word value. Yeah. Right. Respect and value. Why do people refer in the, to begin with? Almost everybody, I, every chiropractor I've ever met, doesn't matter their background, they walked across the stage and all, that most of them in the back of their mind, they had a dream mm. of a type of practice. They wanted a self-sustaining, stress-free, referral-based practice where they get to practice the art and and just love on their patients and the patients will refer to them left and right, right? Look, go back to kind of one-on-one why do you refer to somebody, right? Well, you refer to people not because of results. Yeah, there you go. If that was the case, then the best chiropractors in the country would have just the biggest practices and people would refer to them left and right. That's not the case. That's not the case right? at all. You don't refer to your real estate agent. You don't refer to your hair salonist. Uh, you don't refer to people just because of results, you refer to them first and foremost because you like them. Mm-hmm. Now, people think, oh, I got that whipped. Everybody loves me. I didn't say friends. I said they like you. And then second thing is respect. They respect and value value, yeah. value how you go about it. Well, a lot of the, some a lot of the value comes from the feeling of the office. So when they walk in and they're just bombarded with sales, you said I've taught on that before yeah that's not chiropractic that's just life in general people society people don't like to be sold but they sure do like to buy absolutely and if they see value and then they can respect it and then they find on the other side of it if that doctor knows how to communicate correctly properly authentically they feel authenticity coming from a doctor that's they are they can tell that that doctor understands them understands is a big word they understand them then on top of that the doctor is holding them compliant or having a position of authority that's where loyalty comes from that's where retention comes from and that's where referrals, referrals come, come from. from yeah and that's the missing component. Everybody wants the referrals. Like, oh, man, I got my, I saved you from your migraines. You suffered from migraines. Why aren't you sending me all these people? Well, you're missing that second half of the formula, which is, we'll wrap this back up too, because I know a while, while ago you asked me about a component of how, why does a spouse come to a, <laughs> a little <laughs> we, We've gotten off, that, but yeah. the, these are components that when the, the setting is right, and then they, the uh, the dress code, all of those components lead to raising the respect and value meter, right? So, and and I know you know that you've you have mentored people that refuse to wear that white coat. They finally come around to it and go, "Wow, I am making this decision about me. This is all about me, 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 me." And then they turn around and do it and say, well, I'll do it for a week or two because you get them to, well, just try it. And what's their response, Dr. Greg? Oh, it's, uh, why, why haven't I been doing this all along? Yeah. But what, what is their experience? What do they say happens? What does the pa- what's the patient say to them? You look like a doctor, typically is the response I get, or, or something similar something to that. Something to the effect that it's about time you started dressing like a doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's almost always something similar to that. And it changes the mindset of the doctor. Just putting that white coat on 
and walking around that office as the authority, I have seen it make tremendous changes in what doctors are willing to do for their patients or able to do. I certainly didn't mean to get onto the the white coat being a big well, thing, it's right? Important, but you know, I've heard this. I've been around this profession my entire life. You know, every waking moment, uh, I've been around it, and I've heard this thing, and I've heard this thing, and, and it's always based on I don't want to I right too many too many eyes in the sentence when everything is I me myself. Uh, that's a problem, but I don't want to look like an MD. And I've always heard that. And I've on to be completely honest and upfront right here on a podcast. Uh, I think that's just the dumbest argument, right? I really do because look, I've got MD friends. One of my, one of my mentors is Dr. Paul Larson. He was the Dean of the LSU school of medicine. Yeah. Yeah, there's good people on the other side. I'm not saying, I'm not bashing them, but I'm just saying in my mindset, the way I live, they have taken a losing model that doesn't work. It doesn't work. All they have to offer is drugs and surgeries. That's all they got to offer, right? And Look, if I get an accident and my I I'm laying on one street corner, one side of the corner, and my arm is laying on the other side of the corner, don't take me to a chiropractor, <laughs> yeah. okay? All right, the, so there's a place, but they have taken a losing model and they've beaten the pants off of you, right? Well, they yeah, but why are they wearing the white coat? Because they teach the same stuff. The st- some of the things that we're talking about, patient compliance oh. and components, bedside manner, <laughs> procedures, uh, the, they, have, they are utilizing some of the same principles to get their message across, which we don't agree with that message. I get that. But it has nothing to do with the fact of how are they going about selling that message. You're, you're getting too high and mighty, Right. My dad used to say, "Don't be so heavenly minded that, that you're that you're no earthly good," mm-hmm. you know. And th- so, when we get onto that white coat, I've heard it for decades. Yet, what's the result? What's the effect to the patient? Every single time. Every single time. Never Every fails. Single time. Now we're going to set this up. You asked me about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, what's the what's the value or purpose of Asking about a spouse and how does it tie into patient compliance? Anytime that you can, let's just say this, anytime you can get the spouse involved, you're winning. Oh, you're absolutely winning. Because doctors, I know you guys think you, you and ladies have hung the moon, but guess what? Nothing goes beyond the doctor-patient relationship. You're probably inside or giving a report of findings, let's go before the report of findings, you probably did some type of exam, right? You're in the first day, two days of a doctor-patient relationship. Who do they respect, trust more? The doctor or the person that's whispering in their ear before they go to sleep? Well, I know it would you be don't, my spouse. You don't yeah. ever take on, hello, this is not supposed to be a class on a podcast, but you don't ever take on the person. You will always lose when you try to compete against the person that's whispering in the ear 
And if the spouse is there, it's more it, it's important to have the spouse informed. Number one. And then if you can get the spouse involved and committed or on the team, on the bandwagon, who's going to hold the patient compliant to the doctor recommendations once care starts? That means you've got a team rather than somebody on the opposing team fighting you and making snarky remarks that is going to, you know, demotivate the patient to, to continue. Now you've got a team player going, hey, Dr. Miller said this. Don't forget to do the ice. Don't forget to do the stretching and the exercises. You know, we got to make sure that you get the most out of this care. All those components. So I'm not only just the report of findings, I'm going to go back to the exam. If you're doing an exam properly, look, mm-hmm. got to... I can't teach that on the podcast. No. You got to get yourself to a weekend, to a summit, and let's dive in and let's go deep, right? And let's, that's why we bring the, you know, the old days we bring the pizza in because we would start by the clock and we'd finish whenever we got done where everyone had an understanding. Nobody perfects anything at a summit. You're not going to perfect it, but you're going to leave with an understanding. So I can't teach that component, but in an exam, I'm going to get to a certain point. And it's to a point, right? It's like, I know exactly the second that this is going to happen. I'm not shooting from the hip. I know how we're going to process. I know what the intro is. I know we're going to go through, you know, going to identify the five points. Uh, we're going we're gonna to deal with some components, hope, fear. We're going to talk about the future, you know, relating to the autonomic chart. These are my, I'm, I'm doing this in my head, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to get to a point and I'm going to finally go, my goodness, what I'm finding here is very interesting, and it is interesting, folks. You just think it's another new patient. I'm going to run through an exam, but it's interesting. This is somebody's life, and they come into a chiropractic office, and people don't try chiropractors. They try chiropractic. This is their chance. This is their opportunity to discover it. You better be excited about it. And then I get to a particular point, and I go, my goodness, my goodness. Is there anybody here with you today? And so, they, so yeah, my spouse is out oh front. Gosh. Would you mind if I just stop and I just ask them to come back and let, I want them to see what I'm seeing. Yeah. And then the doc, the spouse comes back and they're identifying and you're walking through. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I have found. Now the spouse is seeing it unfold. And then we, you and I know we would follow through with the, how would we wrap that procedure up? But at that point, now, instead of somebody sitting out there reading a magazine or looking on their phone, all playing on Facebook, they're back there engaged in the doctor-patient relationship from the beginning. Then I'll wrap this up because you asked me 20 minutes ago now <laughs> about why would I bring a spouse to the report mm-hmm. and how does it relate to patient compliance? You know, we've packed, we've unpacked maybe two patient compliance factors that are going to be talked about on that Thursday afternoon. You go so much deeper. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of components. We hadn't got to teach to testify. We hadn't gotten to bit what I, you and I know is misgut rocks. We hadn't gotten to all those things. We hadn't gotten to sit here, sit there, but to the, to the point of why do I want to bring that spouse? Well, I've already explained one part. How does it relate to patient? You win by asking for that spouse to come to the report of findings either way. Hello, you win 
either way, if they show up in the patient compliance component, you got a better chance of being the authority and you got a better chance of the spouse being bought in. I've already, I've already said that. But what if, Dr. Greg, what if they don't show up? What does that do for you? I'll let you take the spin on that one. Well, I mean, that gives, I mean, if they don't show up to our first report, right, then we bring them to the second report. We, we repeat that, uh, that request. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, they'll be at the second report. Oftentimes they're not, though, because they didn't come to the first one. They're not going to come to the second one. But that really gives us an opportunity to say, okay, the, you know, the fact that your spouse isn't here, that means that you and I together are going to have to make the decisions and we're going to have to do what it's going to take to correct this problem from you. Because that's what, see, that's the key too, is that's what you've asked me to do, is to tell you what it's going to take to correct the cause of this problem. Because we got we to gotta remember that all of this stuff that we're talking about is the foundation undertaking this practice from a pain clinic to a clinic that oh. provides lifetime care for patients. So much, the, I mean, so many offices that come to us, that's what, what, that's what we're dealing with. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you were looking for. We're, we're going to do this together. You and I are going to, to, to help you get through this process. And, right. And since, the, you know, since your spouse had three opportunities to be here. Yeah. Right. Exam. At, R1, R2. Right. I've, you know, we are going to, because we're the ones that are educated in this process. We're the ones witnessing this. And like you said, you asked me to shoot straight with you Mm -hmm. and come up with what is it going to take to get this corrected and give you a chance for the highest quality of life long, long term in the future so that we're not dealing with this, what we, what we know will happen in five years. It's up to me and you. And so there's a patient compliance component to something as simple as inviting the spouse to the, it's not just routine, folks. Nothing is routine. Nothing, <laughs> no piece of the puzzle. You don't, look, you got you to gotta have all 1,000 pieces to a puzzle. And you can put 995 together and five are missing. And you didn't, you didn't think they were that important. The white coat wasn't that as important. Spouse, you know, good, um, patient orientation class, whatever the components are, you leave five pieces out of a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Is the picture complete? No. no is it as effective? Not. No. Absolutely are not. you going to frame it and put it on a wall? Absolutely not. No. You are your eye. Unless you're looking to make a point. Where's your eye go? Where's yeah. your eyes go? To? The you missing go, piece. The missing pieces. Right. And then you're left. Back, I'm going to wrap it up here. You're back to that's why you plateau, folks. That's why you get to a certain point and efficiency starts breaking down and you can't see it. You can't see why is it, why, you know, I grew it from five to 25. You know, I grew it from nothing. I opened it and I got it to 20,000 or 30,000. But man, freedom is at 40 or 50. How would you like to work at, you do 40 or 50 or 60? And work half as hard as you are doing it at 25 and 30. These are the components that we're talking about. And these are the reasons why I wanted to unpack a little bit of this today with you, Greg. To, so people understand, well, why did we add the Thursday afternoon to an AMC summit? 
and what kind of deep material is going to be there. It's not introductory material. Oh, it's so important. The indu- introductory material starts actually the next day in a summit. We, yeah. we are putting this deep subject matter there, and it will be constantly being interchanged. So you can look at, there's probably going to be a, a, a part one, two, or three of it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know sure. that, yeah. but we'll unpack that as we go. Any closing comments to the day? I would just say that, you know, we probably ought to do another podcast. Uh, <laughs> we probably ought to, you know, maybe talk talk about that, plateaus and stress points. I mean, I, that's another thing that we, we see a lot with offices that are coming. So maybe, yeah. maybe our guy over here to the left, about, Snacks, ought to put that on the list. How about plateau, stress points, burnout? Let's do it. Let's do that. Yeah. Hey, folks, I hope you got something out of today, but if you didn't, I did. I thoroughly enjoyed having this uh, conversation, as I always do with my good friend, Dr. Greg. Uh, But we're going to wrap it up for today. And uh, by all means, you heard it. Summits is where it's at. So AMC members, you get six opportunities, only six of those a year. And the rubber meets the road at summits. You can't ever replace it. Between that and those on fire and certified training centers, you get the six of those and two certified training centers or training center visits a year, it is impossible that that practice is not going to grow and be more efficient in the process of doing it. So with that, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in. God bless. Follow our show. You can share it with friends, of course, and uh, we'd love for you to contact us at mailbag at amcfamily.com. In addition, you're always invited to attend or join us at a summit Of course, registration is required, and we would love for you to check out the loads of free content we provide to social media every single week. Until next time.